covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcome in, fans of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast. Zach Heilman in, as always, joined by my good friend, good buddy, good co-host of the show, Jim Mernier, alongside for another edition as we continue to go on through the offseason. Time is kind of uh, getting a little bit closer to our launch of the 2022 season, man. I know we did our we did our schedule talk last time we were on here for an episode, and uh, kind of crazy, you look at the... You look at the calendar, we're almost under three months now, Jim. It's getting close. Yeah, three months exactly to this day where this podcast is being released. When the Jacksonville Sharks travel up to take the Albany Empire. And, of course, our other two games, Gunslingers Predators and the Cobras Alliance. So, yeah, kickoff is Saturday, April 23rd. All three games are at 7 o'clock, but we're three months away, and that's what all matters. So, yeah, it's honestly, it's everyone's bummed that the NFL season is going to wrap up and we'll have about two months without a month and a half. Probably we will know football um, news. I'm um, not news, mm-hmm. but actual events, sporting event. Well, unless FC, the FCC, where what's the, and the fan control football. FCF. Yeah. Yeah. Fan control football. If, you're, if we're, if we're mashing them into the arena yeah. scene, which I mean, by technicality, yeah, we are. I, yeah, I guess so. And of course, the NAL will have a little bit of competition with the outdoor game um, and the USFL uh, as they be kicking off around that time uh, as again, same time as the NAL, but they'll be located in one city, mm-hmm. unlike the NAL. So, yeah, three months away. And honestly, it seems like the season ended just a couple of weeks ago. Um, but hey, sometimes when you take two week breaks between episodes, time does fly. <laughs> It sure does, man. It's uh, It's been kind of funny enough light on this last news cycle of stuff that's gone on. I mean, we did have we did have one major signing go on in terms of player transactions, but honestly, it's kind of light on the news front between the last two weeks. And, I mean, I think we were expecting that at some point. You know, we've been fortunate that we've gotten consistent stuff because of our biweekly schedule. I think that's actually helped us a lot to kind of – wrangle in our thoughts and keep the show you know a little more like kind of all-encompassing because with arena i mean unlike the outdoor stuff or like nfl like you get stuff where you can you know yeah. it's not you're not always going to get these boomer bust these booming news pieces that come out but i mean you know we still get and we still get enough here or there that we're like oh this is definitely worth talking about so kind of jumping in to talk about let's, let's we're catching up a little because we did a schedule show and we kind of glanced over a few de- few news pieces from then because we were really like, let's just get, the- let's talk about the schedule, let's knock that out. Everything else will come out af- that comes out afterward. We'll add on to the next show and bring it up. And sure enough, as soon as after we had done wrap wrapping up our schedule episode, Albany had the Empire that is they hinted at a big announcement and. Some people, I think, didn't think this was what this was what it was going to be, but sure enough, the big one of the big fish on the arena free agent market, Darius Prince, did resign with Albany, and I'll put my initial thoughts on this, Jim. I'm curious how you think on this. I didn't know if he would, just because of how 
at least publicly via our Facebook groups that we all communicate in, I didn't know if he was going to come back at all because of some of the new adjustments with the Iron Man rules and things like that, you know, different pay elements. But sure enough, I was, that raised an eyebrow. Like they brought him back even, and even though they got a QB competition, there's three solid quarterbacks that they can compete with. And Prince, if there's one guy you're going to rely on to get it, if it's thrown just nearby him, they brought back the most versatile weapon in the sport right now at the skills position, I would say. Yeah, uh, he was, I think he was the lead receiver for the Albany Empire this past yeah, season. Yeah, I mean, offensive player of the year for the yeah. NAL. And know? he was very vocal when the AFL, or the, the AFL really, uh, the NAL decided to go to the old AFL Ironman rule. Um, and it's, yeah, it's pretty stunning because with the pr- earlier in the offseason talks with all the players, especially on these message boards, you really thought that a lot of these players would just hop ship and go to the CIF or the IFL. And with the signing of Prince is not just a shocker. Um, you could almost say it was almost inevitable when he didn't jump ship early. Mm-hmm. to another to another league so it was either he was going to sign with nal or he was going to retire um but it's nice that albany got that addition and just tells you that that albany is just a going to be a more co- complete team compared to last year um but the question is now for albany they're defending champions they have the target on their back now you see that they're going to have a three-way uh, competition for their quarterback, especially signing um, former Jacksonville Sharks quarterback Mike Faithful, recovered from an ACL, um, signed, and Sam Casanova, former Carolina Cobra from last year. So it looks like they're going to have a true quarterback competition in Albany. So sometimes when you have quarterback competitions for the job, you need some weapons, and Prince is a big-time weapon for the game and for the Albany Empire for them to uh, compete for a back-to-back championship run. Right. Well, that's this is what I find fascinating with this with the aspect of the Empire. You know, the big the big question mark going into the offseason was who's going to take Tommy Grady's spot. You know, okay, maybe if you bring back Prince, which was I think as you and I were talking kind of up in the air just because of the, some of the comments he made about the about where the league was standing at with its change to Iron Man and some of the other issues it has, I didn't know. And so that, that got locked down and uh, that was announced actually via live stream from the empire themselves. Jeff Lavick um, announced that and they kind of stressed along with Tom and us on that stream via phone call that they really wanted to get this deal done. You know, they wanted to bring their, the, our, the best skilled player in the league back. And so that's what they did. Now, the QB competition, fascinating, because you have three guys that I think could get the spot. Two of them, I think, that are more realistically have a shot at it. And I think, realistically, out of the two that have the shot, you're going to see those two stay on the roster, one get cut. Because um, Castronova did have, of course, plenty of starts with the Cobras last year. Um, I didn't think... At, down the stretch, though, they made change, they obviously made the change later on to and injuries of course had him step out so you know bring him he has the experience of course for if you want to fill in real quick but 
Mike make Mike Faithful and David Pindell are your guys you're watching for that I think are going to be the two that are really competing for that starting job. Uh, Faithful, obviously, his track record speaks for itself in Jacksonville. I mean, Jim, you would already know. And we lost a season with him last year where we could have had even possibly more of that added to his resume. Um, and we don't get to have that chance. Now he gets to go to Albany and have his shot. Meanwhile, David Pindell, who made his name actually in the FCF before coming over to the NAL. Uh, he is more of a mobile QB, still has an arm for a cannon, and that's funny because the NAL is not as much of a mobile QB league, but he also has the extra year with Manassas system unlike Faithful. So that competition to me is fascinating because do you go with the guy that has a more proven track record or do you go with someone that has arguably the slightly better overall athletic ability and it's been with your team that extra season. Really, I like, it's fascinating. I think this is a fascinating QB conversation that Albany's going to have. Luckily, they have at least some receiving options locked down with Prince, and even we'll mention a little bit because they even got Desmond Epps in as part of that core too. Yeah, that's it, it's a, a very debatable question, honestly. Do you go with a more experienced tan quarterback over the more, most more athletic quarterback? Um, out of the three guys on the roster, you know, the NAL is going to cut, you're going to cut one quarterback. You can't have three on the roster. Yeah. And that's just inevitable. And if you look at Casanova's track record in Carolina, he was, when he played early in season Carolina, he was very turnover prone. Uh, a lot of fumbles, a lot of missed snaps, uh, turn, uh, pass, uh, interceptions. Um, then, Carolina made a move, and all of a sudden, Carolina became one of the hottest teams in the NAL in the last year. So when you look at the Albany Empire and look at determining who should lead that team, you got to look, for my opinion, you got to look for the guy that has a track record. Mike Faithful played for Jacksonville, has played deep in the playoffs, has played in the championship game, won a championship game, and his experience has played in the winning organization. Pendell, a lot of backup role right now uh, for the Albany Empire under Grady, but indeed he is in the system for another year, so he knows what's going how, going on in Albany. Um, but in this arena game, it's not like the outdoor game, where that year of experience in the outdoor game does help you prepare for the next season. But we're in the indoor game and the indoor game is completely different. A lot of guys can't sign off the streets and bam, they're, they're successful. Look at Aiken for a Carolina that comes off the street and four weeks later, they're playing in the first round of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. uh, so it can change like that. Uh, for me, I'm going, I'm going with the Mike faithful as the more experienced guy to get the job, but I would not be surprised if Pindell beats him that beats him at the, Beats him as a starter uh, because of the year of experience and because Bendel, from all the videos I've been seeing over the last couple of weeks, he's been putting in the work this offseason. So I, for Albany, you're not going to have Tommy Grady, but you're not going to fall that far because Mike Faithful and Pendell have the the ability to give you a very productive offense in this in the league this year. Right. I, th I think the work that Pindell puts in will really decide this. And I also, you have to add in the fact, too, that, you know, Mike Faithful is recovering uh, from, from, an ACL, a, yeah. from an ACL injury. Yeah. So it also depends, too, how, you know, he did injure it early, early season, week one. So, 
you know, that does give him more time for recovery and that gives him a chance to get him back up to speed and, you know, get back to full strength. So I think that element also plays into this very well. Um, Pindell's mobility is what, to me, can be an X factor. And again, I say that because just the NAL is not really, at least from the experience I've had with it so far, compared to like the IFL, it's not really a, you know, mobile QB friendly league anyway. But if you can find those alleys and add that extra element, you know, I I know that the Jack linebacker gets kind of stuck in the middle there. But I think that having a mobile QB that can maybe juke out the Jack a bit or that can get a chance to break it up to that second level, that adds a little bit more explosiveness. Or say you get the defense off balance where they think it's going to be run last second you pull the trigger, you know, that opens up a can of just possibilities anyway for you to play faithful to me. If he's back to full strength, I think he has the edge right now, but if they go in and start off their camp and you see Pindell get out the gate just from off season training, you know, Hey, <laughs> anything's possible, man. I, I, I could see this being a fun competition. Castronova, I think is easily in a disadvantage right now, just because of the talent ahead of him. That's yeah, of course. Point. And Honestly, you got to look at the, the, his track record, too, compared to Pendell and Faithful. Uh, Pendell, even though he was a backup, when he did get get in a lot of these games where Albany was blowing out everybody, he didn't. He went out there and put solemn numbers. Pendell wasn't – he wasn't killing his team. Right. And if you look at Pendell when he played for the uh, fan control football, he was just as good. So mm-hmm. he does have a proven track record. Um but sometimes, usually some systems bring out the bad part of quarterbacks or the good parts. And I think maybe uh, Casanova was in a bad situation at Carolina. Now that he's in Albany, maybe a completely different team, and he might find something, an uh, uh, energy, or find a new groove, or the system in Albany just works better for him. So you don't want to count him out, but if if I was the person who's going to say who's going to start, who's going to be the backup, who's going to cut, it's going to for me would be Faithful, then Pendell, and unfortunately Nova would be being released. But I won't be surprised if Nova finds himself on a roster like in San Antonio, or find himself back on an NAL roster pretty soon. Mm-hmm. Um, so it we're we're weeks away from training camp for these teams right? and we're three months away. So we're going, we're going to get the answers. Honestly, even though it's, we're only three months away, we're going to get the answers pretty soon. It's going to be like in a blink of an eye. We're like, Oh crap. It's yeah. Yeah. Here, here are the answers. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you, you look at Albany. I like what they're doing with the quarterback situation. They are trying to find a player. <laughs> I don't want to say, but you can put all three of these guys together. They will never equal Tommy Grady. Um, but, Mike Faithful and Pendell are well capable, or they're not well capable, but they are very capable of being the quarterback to lead their team or lead this Albany team to a deep playoff run or to another championship. They have the roster um, besides that, but they got the guys, I think, and it's going to be intriguing to watch this quarterback battle. Here's the thing I want to propose to you just uh, because I I know Prince – made such a impact and obviously the quarterback battle will dictate a little bit yeah. too of what goes down with that. 
Um, they have Desmond Epps. They have Jared Dangerfield on that roster. I mean, they still have, think about the defense too. Dwayne Hollis, Joe Powell, mm-hmm. you know, in your secondary. Um, I mean, Prince, does it? How much does it move the needle here? Because like, before this transaction, I'm gonna be honest with you. I had the Cobras and the Sharks right now as currently that uh, that slight edge, especially the Cobras. Actually, I've been really impressed with a lot of their off-season signings. But I actually think that the Empire have now snuck back ahead in terms of like early season favorites again, mm-hmm. just because you got the fact, like I said, the fact you got Prince back, and that that weapon is available again after all the drama that happened back in this past fall. Like to me, that moves the needle where you're just ahead of the Cobras now and just ahead of the Sharks in terms of who gets that at least that number one seed. I'm not saying maybe all season, yeah, but. On paper, I'm more, I'm back to going. Okay, Albany's back to to me the best roster right now. Uh, I'm not gonna say that. Okay, I still think Carolina has the best roster, and that's a fair argument. You know, the I, reason I why is because is Jonathan Bain. He, in my opinion, is the best quarterback that's currently in the NAL. Oh, um, it's not me being Homer. It's just he is. He's he's. Look at his number. He he will be the current active leading most passing yards touchdowns in the NAL, unless a, a Mason Espinosa surprisingly signed somewhere. Right, the other big fish that we're still yeah. trying to figure out if he's in or not. Yeah, you know? that's still that's still a big question mark. And Columbus still doesn't have a quarterback. So if Mason's back, then all this is for naught. And Columbus is the number one team. Um, but overall, in my opinion, I think Jacksonville has a solid roster. Jacksonville, if you look at Jacksonville last year and you look at the roster right now from this year, it's night and day. I think hmm. Jacksonville has a much improved defense. A much improved, the, the same receivers are back. Um, and problem with Jacksonville last year, the freaking quarterback position was a roulette table. You didn't know who was going to play or what's going to happen. Now you, they got um, uh, Malik Henry as a quarterback. Yep. I think they'll be more stable. Malik Henry, I've watched a little bit of the stuff, games from Fresno from last year. Um, he was very impressed, impressed to me. Fr- you mean Frisco? Frisco, I said Fres- <laughs> Fresco. Oh, yeah. Hey, you're talking West Coast. <laughs> I'm messing oh, around, though. I said but, Frisco, right? Um, yeah. yeah. Hey, I mean, I mean it's, it's, I, it's IFL. The IFL, assumptions the, West Coast. The or fighters, West, so. man. <laughs> I, they're in North Central Texas, North yeah. Dallas. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, he impressed me. Uh, but honestly, dude, Carolina with Jonathan Bain and that roster they have, for some odd reason, Carolina took our took our advice halfway through the season last year and decides, <laughs> like, you know what? Screw it. We're going to get everybody in in this building to win. And they did it this offseason. And honestly, I think they have the best or better roster. Um, I think Albany's number two, Jacksonville number three, and number four right now is is Orlando, but that's because Columbus is still a big question mark because they have no quarterback yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they get Mason back, which I think they'll be they're the leading candidate to get Mason back. If Mason gets back there, they're number one in my opinion because he'll be the best quarterback in the league, and he proved last year that he was the best quarterback in the league, and. You look at Columbus, most of the same players are back. Uh, so they just are missing a quarterback. But right now, Carolina, Albany, Jacksonville, Orlando with Columbus, and then San Antonio wrapping up on the bottom. 
Unfortunately, sorry, San Antonio, that someone has to be six. But right now, again, a lot of your, a lot of players you have kind of really don't know. But that will very well change over the next couple of months when I start watching more highlights and videos of your games for the preparation for the 2022 season. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I think, like I said, I think Carolina. That's that's reasonable. You know, I I, I liked with I like the that they retained like the likes of Kendrick Ings coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that was massive. DJ Myers, the fact that they they got him away from Orlando, you know, after that after that NAL rookie season he had last season. You know, Jonathan Bain now under 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 for the controls of the offense. You know, you're looking at defense too. I mean, Zach Brown going over there. You know. Longtime star from the Sharks. Yep. So I mean, they're getting the right names. You know, it's definitely putting a roster together that says, "Oh, hey, they're trying to trying to go back to their uh, 2018 selves." I see. You know, so competitiveness will be back in Carolina for sure. Um, I'll say one other one that stood out in terms of transactions that I'm like, "All right, I see it. I see the new guys trying to." Get a few pieces, and they've made some solid ones in terms of special in terms of like skill players. Um, Bill Barnett went to the Gunslingers. That was a recent transaction. Um, he's joining Joey Fisher over there. So you want to talk about a receiving group that's at least got some good, you know, good quality talent over the, over in over in uh, Western Texas. Mm-hmm. You know, they got something going on. You know, it, I uh, there are a few pieces I need to do a little more research on to double double check resumes, but yeah. You know they have had they've had made some quality signings as of late, and I like that they're active with the signing, showing off the signings too. By the way, uh, definitely needed. So that was that was another one. I like that I like that pickup. Um, and I was wondering where he where Barnett would go. I didn't know if he'd come back to Albany or not, um, or if he'd go to a different team, or if he, if he was done. But sure enough, going back going over to the Gunslingers, helping build up that franchise over there. So uh, it'll be fun watching him over there too. And I can't wait to see that organization play that that's my main thing you know i i the closer we get the more i'm just like i can't wait to tune into that you know opening night predators gunslingers matchup that's probably the main one i'll be watching besides albany and jacksonville well well if you want to talk about player signings for the san antonio gunslingers they currently have 34 guys on roster mm-hmm. um there are only 22 guys on the roster for the nal so there's going to be a, quite a few people getting cut. Um, but if you look at the roster for the Gunslingers, especially receiver core, because of the new rules, you got a lot of split guys, wide receiver DBs, but no one. Well, you got Kevin McFadden, who is a assigned wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only one I see right now as the official just single wide receiver. And then you got Michael Williams, another guy from Abilene Christian University. So I and Phil Barnett is the other one, and you know Phil Barnett's going to be the legit offensive. Uh, what they're calling the position, you're just a special, spe- uh, yeah, special specialist. Yeah, specialist. So specialist. so you're going to be he's going to be the offensive specialist. So um, I'm looking at the guys like I mentioned before. I don't really know this team a lot. There's some names I've recognized that played in other teams, especially in the IFL or the CIF or even in the here in the NL. Um, but it's going to just take time for me to like watch these games and watch some of the old videos from last season to really study this team and what this team could be. Um, but like you, um, unfortunately I will be watching the sharks at Albany. <laughs> um, 
or most likely still be working. So I don't, I, well, I yeah. don't, so I won't know, but I do think that because it's on YouTube and you get to watch it anytime, any place, anywhere, ladies and gentlemen, um, I will be watching all three games opening weekend guaranteed. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, San Antonio's home opener. Uh, I really like to see what they can do to help the league grow, especially in Texas and out West. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of hopes riding if they want to expand westward, which is kind of what we've been hinted at um, in shows talking about the gunslingers is that, you know, if they're going to start moving westward, they're kind of that hoping to be that, you know, tent post, if you will. They're the so, gateway to the west. Wait, wait, that's, yes, no, that, that's St. Louis, but yeah. <laughs> right, right. Although, yeah, you, it's funny. I've actually been talking a lot with a friend of mine about uh, the St. Charles bandits or what were the St. Louis bandits bandits from the uh from last year i believe aal so <laughs> hey another team another te- talk about gateway of the west teams it's out there i digress though and anyway something else that came up that we want we didn't really touch on but also it, we kind of just were passing off because we were going to get to it at some point and we want to just get the schedule done um the national Arena league and i, I was kind of like taken aback by this all of a sudden because i was like why is this why, why is this the change? Um, they have a new official game ball. So they don't, it's not the, it's not the like beige leather with like the arrow marks on the mm-hmm. tips that they have. It's a white leather ball. It has the NAL logo, like the other one with like the foil stylized uh, silver line, oh, like uh, outlines to the logo. Like the other one has with Siegfried's uh, commissioner signature on there. Correct. But it's white leather. And the tips now don't have arrows. They have red lightning bolts. And they're calling the ball the deuce. <laughs> uh, naming, of course, after the kick that goes for two points from kickoffs in the NAL. Named, of course, the same thing. Um, the one thing that sticks out is it's being created by a Jacksonville-based company, uh, FLN, FL Named, I think it is. FLN Aimed. It's FL named. I'm just going to go with that. Uh, oh, wait, sorry. Created by Destroyer Rocks uh, and distributed. Okay, never mind. It's they, they screwed up the naming on the website. This is a typo thing. It says Jacksonville, Florida. Destroyer Rocks is the name of the company. Jesus Christ, that was messed up beyond belief. <laughs> no, that, that was stupid. That was really stupid how that turned out. But no, Destroyer Rocks. No, and- it's not your fault. It's the freaking NAL. They don't know well, how to edit their second paragraph. Well, I see well, where you're talking about. It well, goes the, Jacksonville. It goes Jacksonville, Florida named. They forgot put spaced. They put Florida, period, named the deuce. They had it all. (laughs) Someone out there is still going to be like, Zach, you idiot. Just like read the space. But I'm like, I'm looking for, I'm trying to scan the article to get you a detail. (laughs) Remember, this is the same link that just got their Twitter account reactivated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, so I, I, I've, I've I had my, that, I've I gotta put that zing into it again. <laughs> I've had my expectations of any social or website orientation battered into my skull that just expect it to be lower quality. I, sorry guys that listen in that our league officials or such, but I mean, hey, <laughs> we'll keep telling you until you fix it. So you, know, you know our drill. You figure, hey, you, you figure hey, it out. We're we fixed the Carolina Cobras. Yeah, we pointed that. We pointed out the transit. Hey, you got. They got to the playoffs. I, we'll, I'm going to hold that. They got to the playoffs because we said, "Hey, where are the transactions? You guys could just let it down." But, but league issues aside, and spelling issues aside, or whatever, and media misunderstanding. 
they are basically moving this to a Jacksonville based company that is making the ball. Um, the connections pretty obvious at this point, if it, you aren't connecting the dots, but other ones that we're understanding, uh, from talking with folks is that part of it's a supply issue. Um, but this is also that they're trying to make their own new ball, like a newer, their own thing locally made too. Um, so it's kind of a mix. I don't know. I, my initial impressions, it's, it's different. Um, I kind of think the lightning bolts are middle ground, cheesy or cool. I think it's better to like the, the reason those are there. It's to make it easier for receivers to kind of pinpoint where to catch. Mm -hmm. So I guess it looks better than like the beige on dark blue. Like the contrast is better to look at, but I don't know. The lightning bolts kind of look weird to me. Like it's, I'm in the middle ground with it. You know, it's just one of those random announcements that all of a sudden came out and were like, wait, this was a thing. <laughs> But it yeah, it, it, it it's one of those announcements like, wait, so the new football that no one wanted that didn't need to be fixed is what <laughs> came out this offseason when clearly there's multiple things that this league needs to work on. Just more importantly, a, I just picked up one of the Baden footballs, too. I like I bought a Predators ball uh -huh. just a few months back and I'm like, oh, great. This thing's already outdated. <laughs> Darn it. But that's fine. I have a little well, it's like you buying a cell phone. Once you buy the cell phone, you turn it on. It's already outdated because they're already making another one. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I got to do that iPhone 13. Yeah, the iPhone 27 just came out. But yeah, I, I, like, didn't expe I didn't expect that to come out. I, I I didn't realize that they were having issue. I mean, I guess we all, I mean, all companies are. So like Baden, I guess, is with this. But I was just like, eh. dang, okay. <laughs> Redesign football with white leather. All right, then. I don't. I, it doesn't really make me go. Do they really needed it? Am I really mad about it? Not really. It's a nah. football, um, and it's not going to be the only league that has a white football because the IFL has a mixed white slash uh, gray football. Yeah, I mean the CIF has red, has mostly red and white. Yeah, so too. so it's not the it's not the first. It's just that theirs it, is all it, white. <laughs> it's not the first. The Arena League has changed their football, and it's not going to be the last. So no, of and. Not. And during the conference, the NAL championship game, they did use white footballs. So, yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, just a just a piece, you know, something. Yeah, we, it's just a something, piece. Something to touch on there. Uh, la last thing for today, and something that I was I was very taken aback in a good way for, um, and I'm glad that the league highlighted this. By the way, I think that was was I think that was really classy that they themselves on social and their website pushed this out. Uh, the Inside the Lines docu-series uh, focusing on the 2021 season of the Columbus Lions. Now, I watched the first episode, um, and it's really cool. You get a, you get really an in-depth, pulled-from-behind-the-curtain look at an arena team. You know, what's going on, what what goes on in coaches' meetings and in training camps, you know. And you get, and there's actually some, and I like that there's some personalities from our community mixed in. Like Dukan Williams is the AFL is like the indoor arena football historian that they use at the beginning of the, of this piece. I thought that was really cool. You know, mm -hmm. and he does it. He obviously knows his stuff. He does a great job, but like you get in depth, of course, like Mason gets plenty of screen time. You get like, you get also like other folks, like uh, for example, coach Gibson's in there too. Plenty of his own clips. And you get other things that maybe we didn't realize about the team unless you're, 
you know, actively engaged with the team in, in Columbus, Georgia. I really like this look. And I, I want to see more content like this for the league because it helps the it helps grow the league and make them and make people go, oh, hey, what is the National Marine League? Where, where can I view this? You know, it, it humanizes too, like what these players go through if they don't make it to the biggest of stages in the NFL. Because I think a lot of people don't realize that there's other leagues like this great series and it's only like the first of like i believe four parts maybe like five i'm i gotta recheck up with the uh director there aiden uh kowalski there but did guy did a great job these guys did an excellent job making this love it i wonder if we have a cameo in this documentary especially <laughs> with the the interviews that we had with uh mason and coach gibson and a non uh yeah you know how he has like requested inter- cameo because i don't remember well, getting it, anything. It, well you know you know how they do a lot of the when they do nfl network does a lot of the this is the season of the you know indianapolis colts and you sure. hear the radio guys in the background talking about a segment it'd, it'd be nice like there's like well here's columbus going to albany and you hear me or you in the background in the podcast talking about the game yeah uh, so that would be pretty cool, but I caught a little bit of a glimpse of it. I think for me, I'm waiting for all f- episodes to come out and just binge watch it. That's just me. That's how I am with a lot of TV series. But yes, this is something the league needs. Um, and it's something we've been preaching about, honestly, for the last year and a half. Um, and for me, I think he is a this actual, not he. Um, the actual documentary bring more of a light to what professional football is outside of the National Football League. It's just not just funny games like we see as fans. It's these athletes are trying to make money, trying to live a dream to eventually get back, get to the NFL or get back to the NFL. Or some of the people are just, they just love the indoor game and they just stick with the indoor game. But one thing I do like about these type of documentaries, I love the behind the scenes stuff because mm-hmm. these are yes they're athletes but they're also human beings and that's what attracts me to a lot of these uh series and also the name of the tv series of the series i see what they're trying to do <laughs> yes. see um kind of intriguing um can we sue them? <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Uh, but uh no. yeah I, I think it's a i think it's a good uh a good thing for the league. I think it's something that, the, in my opinion, the league needs to help grow. Um, but honestly, you just erase that lines and you put a walls there. Yeah. Come on, come on, come on, search <laughs> and no, we won't do it. We won't do it. Uh, coach and, and Josh, we won't, we won't file charges against you guys. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a good thing for the league and I really hope the whole league does, has something like this in the future. Um, but you got to give credit to the guys in Columbus and that organization. Um, they really want to make this legit. And it was my opinion uh, from the what I've seen so far of the show. Uh, very captivating. So if you haven't seen it, I, I you know, recommend that you guys see it. Yeah, definitely. I, I'll, uh, I will mention one of my, my favorite segments. I didn't, I didn't know they did this is uh, they do the rookie talent show for oh, the team. Yeah. So if you're a rookie to the franchise, you know, they'll, <laughs> they, they kind of gather up in the locker room and they're like, you have to bring a talent for the night. Um, that I thought was fascinating. I like, I like that little, I like the team camaraderie there, but also like something with, with episode one, 
it leads into that week one matchup with the Empire. Now, remember, folks, the beginning of last year, the Ontario Bandits dropped out. Like, they, and Coach Gibson mentioned this in our interview we had with them last season, that they had to scramble to just get this to work. So you get to see that, like, last-minute process of them having to say to their guys, all right, well, schedule's pushed up uh, a little bit. <laughs> Time to get to work. Those elements are cool. I'm going to leave the rest of it alone. But you definitely should check this out. And I know I've actually been talking with a- with Mr. Aiden Kowalski there to try and get him on to so we can talk with him, just mm-hmm. kind of the process. And, you know, the what you talk about just uh, the release on the website about this whole thing, 300 plus hours of footage was shot. So this was legitimate documentary work, you know, because you're taking 300 plus hours of footage, condensing it to three and a half over a whole series. And eventually it's going to be released on DVD according to this. And we'll save the rest to ask about it for him. Impressive series. Like I said, I, I, I hope this opens a few doors for not only these guys, but just uh, other people that are, want to get exposure and check out the leak through this pretty cool stuff. Oh yeah. In my opinion, these are the things that will, it just doesn't put a face on the league. It just, it opens up the league to a better understanding of why we as fans or why players play in this league because of honestly like fighting for a dream or they're trying to just keep uh, their playing careers alive. Mm-hmm. But it puts that face on them, that human face on them. Like, yeah, they are athletes, but they're like us. But they're trying their best, and you'll get some unique storylines. Yeah. And these documentaries are something that are pretty good. We did something with the Unhinged Sports Network, Fighting for the Dream, with a colleague of you, of um, of the – I forgot the team that – what it was, Silverado Gold Diggers with Aaron Ellis? Um, uh, yeah, that, that, that lasted was- – that was what? back uh, last year. Yeah, um, it was it was two episodes uh, until situations happened over there in Europe with COVID. Um, but it was behind the scenes, and honestly, if we Americans we watched, you know, Friday Night Lights, we watched Last Chance You, we love these type of documentaries because we're damn Americans, and anything with the freaking football, we'll watch. So. I think this this type of series will catch on. It will promote it. We'll retweet the links. We'll let you guys watch it and you join it. And hopefully we get the director on and maybe some more Columbus players on and we'll talk about this documentary and see how it was for them. And Because right now, basically on the show, it's good for us because it's good quality. It's not, and yeah, I, I'm just, for me, I've only watched like five, seven minutes of it because of my busy work schedule. I, it, how it started off, I thought it was like, this is going to be a good show. And matter of fact, when we're getting done with recording with this, I'm going to finish watching it. So, um, but yeah, I'd say documentaries. I love it. I need more of them. Um, I need Jacksonville to do it. And if I, if Jacksonville does do it, I need to be in it. Damn it. Um, I put that proposal in. I need to be in the documentary. Who are you again? Excuse me. <laughs> hey, other five teams in the league. If you're able to find a resource like that, take note. You know, yes. Uh, and, and, you know, I that, that documentary brings back actually when I started talking indoor and arena, um, Ben Fraternal was the main guy who did all the filming like in its last season 
for the AFL with mm-hmm. the Empire when they were there or with other teams. I love seeing that documentary because it brings me back like, hey, there's film, there's filmography and content creators that are following this league that helps. I hope that that continues to grow. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And and, and it, whether it's here, whether it's the A, the IFL, the CIF, you know, these are cool. So like NAL teams or even other teams that are, you know, people fans of like, take note, like this is good content, especially if you're able to, if you're able to do it, you know, I know, I know there's budgeting and things and, you know, money's tighter with these leagues, but yeah, you you find someone that's dedicated, a dedicated passion for it. And you guys can work it out. I would like, you're saying I'm with you. I want to see more of this stuff in the sport. I would love to see more of this stuff if possible. Put the face on it and the people will come because honestly, if last chance you, I guarantee you there are millions and millions and millions of people in the United States that gave two flips about Division Two and JUCO schools in the in, in all football until Last Chance U came out. When Last Chance U came out, everyone is JUCO. Uh, let's look at JUCO games because some of the most highest viewed football games last year were JUCO football games. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. because that's a lot because of freaking Last Chance U. Uh, these type of documentaries put more eyes eyes on your product, and then when they watch the product on the field the next year or whenever the next games are, you're going to get more fans, and that's how you grow the league. Because once upon a time, damn it, Zach, the Arena Football League was legit, where every stadium was twenty thousand plus, um, and all of a sudden it disappeared like it never existed to the fan bases in these good cities. And these are the type of things that help the league or leagues get back to the classic day when they, when we had 20,000 people in the stadium down in the jungle when for the war on I-4 between Orlando and Tampa. Um, so, yeah, but this is a game that should be loved by all, and I get really sick and tired every single year when I hear people like, oh, there's no more football season the day after football, uh, Super Bowl. <laughs> oh, there's more football. I, I can there's- assure you I am – you know, I know you very well, and I, you know me well. I'm the same damn way. Mm-hmm. Between indoor and especially now, like with the USFL coming back, and or well, I guess coming back slash being a new iteration, and their hype up for it. Yeah, no, I'm I'm gonna be even more insufferable to some people when they say that. Where I'm like, excuse me, um, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> football doesn't end. It basically yeah. goes all year round at this point. You know. And I'm not going to accept anything less anymore. Fan control football, USFL, the NAL, the IFL, the CIF, the AAL. And in 2023, you get the XFL. And Mm. you have, I think, Major League Football in 2023. So you're going to have a lot of leagues pop up over over the next couple of years. And it's amazing. Just like five years ago, people say football was dying in the United States. Um Honestly, this past weekend in the AFC and NFC divisional round of the playoffs set the record for the most people viewed of a playoff weekend game in NFL history with 185.6 million people. Um, That just tells you that a third of the United States, a third of its population, um, actually, no, I'm not third, almost a half of its population. No, a little over a half, like rather half of (laughs) I'm going to try to get the 300. No, it's 330 million people. So, right. Yeah. Around the the specs down. That's all. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to get the numbers. I'm not good with math. The top of my head at midnight on the East Coast. (laughs) Um, About a a third 
to almost a half of the population of the United States watched the divisional round NFL playoffs. Football is still king in this country, no matter what time of year it is. Mm-hmm. And when people say, oh, football season is over, give these other leagues a try. Some of them are great family fun for those weekend games. They're cheap, but still the game is still around. So just, just for you fans here that are, if you're listening to our podcast, we already know that you're watching a spring football and indoor football. So grab a friend and let that friend grab a friend in the right place. So grab it in no illegal area. You don't want to get sent to jail, take him to a football game. Um, but spread the word, get people to the games. And these documentaries, what Columbus is doing, it will help. And Grow the game. That's one thing I want to say. Just grow the game because football is a great sport and it's better when you share it with a friend. Mm -hmm. Yes, it is. With that, I think that's going to conclude our show for this week. Mm -hmm. We'll we'll be back in two weeks later here. Hopefully uh, get a little more exciting things coming around the bend as we're leading up. Like I said, getting after today, under three months. Under three months. And the next time we might be on another platform. So keep your – keep the – you know, eyes on our Twitter account and Facebook account uh, with updates. So, um, so yeah, I'm uh, it's three months. I don't know what we can do the next three months. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see folks. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on social. Just look up at in walls pod. Again, that's at in walls pod, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, we're going to be, uh, like I said, we're still looking in, into getting that YouTube page up and running, just working out some kinks on both of our ends and what we're going to do for that. So keep an eye, uh, that is available though. Look up inside the walls podcast. If you want to subscribe early before we get into doing videos for the in season content. Um, otherwise, you know, keep up with the show. Thanks for the support as always. We love doing this. We're glad that we have you guys out there that enjoy the NAL much like yeah. we do. And you know, we 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 just hope the league grows, man. Like I said, yeah, true. You know, this year's uh like we've said, it's a year to help get back on track and also experiment uh, with the Iron Man. So True. And also, uh thank you to our listeners. We passed 1000 downloads yep. with this show. So so that's a big uh big goal for us um so next goal is 2000 and without your support without you downloading our shows especially downloading uh, jim is back episode 21 67 times you guys missed me i really appreciate it i I love the support i'm gonna i'm gonna run for governor of florida so i need your support if you live in florida the one person that downloads it here but anyways i want to say about that (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be beautiful. I'm the best podcaster about the arena game ever. Nice. Uh, my Trump impersonation sucks. But anyways, I want to say thank you for the thousand downloads. Um, it's what you say, James. They don't like how you say it. Um, <laughs> but anyways, okay. um, thank, you for, thank you for the support. Uh, without you guys, this podcast is nothing. And thank you for all two average Joes that love the game and love the indoor game. Um, this was just a win, but just get the podcast started six months ago and thousand downloads later we're here so i want to say thank you appreciate it and love you guys keep this train rolling remember one thing though jim you got to sign off with our you know the classic tagline ah don't be a jack out of the box there you go stay tuned everyone catch you in two weeks mm-hmm.